We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Lincoln weather, lows in the 40s at night. By the end of the week, daytime temperature highs will come down from the 70s to the 50s. And this segment is possible today because of Body Fit Training and Sorghum United. Coming up on the show, uh, we will have news for you about businesses opening, closing, and moving around in every single segment today. And Girls in Aviation with Rachel Barth. She's got a lot of other things, too. The Flyers Club Lounge is opening, so we're going to hear quite a bit of news from what's going on out in Northwest Lincoln. Or do Nebraskans think our economy is on an upward trajectory, or might they think it will go the other way? There's a new survey out. Trade schools, vocational schools, apprenticeships. For those that don't want to work behind a desk, we'll be talking to John Henry's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. And Traveling the World for Nebraska Products, countries whose names you can barely pronounce. Well, let's start out with some news about businesses opening, closing, developing, building. Um, the planning director recently approved an update to a potential site layout for the use of a new social hall at the southeast corner of 14th and Yankee Hill Road. Well, social uh, hall. a social hall. That's not too far from Wilderness Lodge Restaurant. Yeah, that's not too far from there. You're maybe right this, about that. Maybe this will become a wedding district. That's an idea, Robin. Um, you know, Or a reception district. Probably a wedding. I mean, that's what you usually think of, don't you? Yeah. 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 Uh, not too far from, from there, because this is just uh, the other direction on Old Cheney at 1600 Normandy Court. Uh, Melanie Rezac uh, from Creative Collective. Now, this is something that you had talked to her about. Is that right, Robin? She sent a press release. Create, she sent a press creative release. Creative collabs. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Why don't you talk about this a little bit? I think you know more about this than I do. Um, she opened Lincoln's first collective storefront. It is open 24-7, allows you to shop at your convenience. They have some sort of code that they give you so you can get into the building. Um, the store is unstaffed, but local vendors have their products there. Once inside, you'll be able to shop over 15 women-owned businesses. Anything from clothing to jewelry, candles, soaps, and baked goodies. Each vendor has their own payment instructions posted, and they get paid directly. Well, that sounds nice, it's Robin. It's kind of like a Lincoln version of real-life Amazon. <laughs> Well, Robin, let's talk to our first guest here, who was shaking her head uh, in in a positive manner <laughs> regarding the play uh, that you had just mentioned. I am. I'm actually really good friends with Mel Rezac um, and have kind of heard about her concept with Creative Collabs, and I've been a shopper and a big have supporter you? of 
the women-owned businesses that are in that space. So I actually know quite a bit about it. So, well, good, yeah. good. Yeah. What, what did you buy? Um, I bought some jewelry, um, some berries by Julian. Oh, yeah. Yep. She bought, was an Inspire Women winner. She is. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I bought some cookies for the kids, and I got myself a Husker sweatshirt when I was in there. Oh, so, so they have a lot of things. Yeah, I love that it's open 24-7. So, like, honestly, if you, like, forget, like, oh, my gosh, it's my – so-and-so's like birthday, birthday tomorrow oh. you can go and just go shop and nobody bothers you husbands like, are off the hook now yes. <laughs> yeah literally you just get a code you walk in 15 different vendors i love because you can shop local people are like well that takes away from the experience of people getting jobs and i'm like yeah but these are small businesses like they can't afford to have employees so this is like their way to still sell products and it's the honesty principle you it just, is the honesty principle there's yeah. there's video cameras in there and you have to get a code to get in so they right, have yeah. your number so yeah i think it's super cool well, well we're giving her a lot of play here <laughs> we didn't talk to you well speaking speaking of women and the various careers you had a women in aviation event what, what was that about yeah, so um, we started the first um, women in aviation chapter here in Lincoln. We're calling it the Cornhusker chapter. So a couple of us from Lincoln Airport um, and Duncan Aviation got together and created this actual um, chapter. And we did our first event, which was Girls in Aviation Day. It was a free event over at the Duncan Hangar. And we um, started kind of small, um, 300 people, um, which is still a decent amount considering um, this was a little last minute, but we had 300 people come. Um, that sounds like a significant number to it me. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I always shoot for the stars. So I want like a thousand, but um, 300, I know, I know. So we had 300 come and it was awesome. Um, Ignite Lincoln, which I think you guys have talked to before. Um, they, they switched their name from performance to ignite, but they're the, um, flight school, let, um, young women come over and do the flight simulator, which oh, I thought fun. was super Me. cool. Um, Duncan had one of their aircrafts out there. We had different tables. We had our pet therapy dogs. And then I personally, with a couple other airport people did tours of the airport and the FAA tower. So, um, it was a really cool event to just expose young women to different careers in aviation and just get them excited. I have never met nor even seen a woman airplane pilot. Oh, I have. Have you? Yes. It's a small percentage. It really is. Um, Ignite and I actually had a conversation. I think it's less than 20% are females. So they would love to see more females in the, in the industry. Yeah. Um, You've got an, a lounge now for frequent airport users. We do. So part of the renovation that we were really excited about was our Flyers Club. And so if you remember the old airport, the Flyers Club was pre-security, which didn't make a lot of sense because um, people just want to get through security and, you know, go to their gate. Um, but this is the in the right in the right spot this time. So this is post-security. Um, this is for our frequent flyers. So those people who travel out of Lincoln eight times or more in a calendar year. So if you're one of those people and you want to have access to this lounge, um, we have QR codes around the terminal, but we also have a link on our website. So lincolnairport.com website, um, you just go to at, at the airport and there's a Flyers Club section. So you just fill out an application and we actually print you out your own badge and um, that badge gets you into that frequent Flyers Club. The cool part about the club is it oversees the ramp. So you get to see planes flying in and out. Um, you have kind of your own coffee in there, water, juices, snacks. Um, but really for those, I would assume business people that are there in the morning, it's like check email, print something out if you need to, jump on a quick Zoom call and it's and it's quiet, you know, so there's not kind of the loudness of the rest of the airport. Is it is, <laughs> weather, is weather still warm enough for you to have the Hocus Pocus movies? 
Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just going to ask. I wasn't going to say the Hocus Pocus movies. I was just going to yeah. say the free movies. Yeah, the free movies. Like, I, like with this cold yeah. that we're having this weekend, like you still have those I, going we, on. Well, yeah, weather <laughs> pending. As long as it doesn't rain the day of our outdoor movies, we can still do it or freeze. So, yeah, fingers crossed that they are weather pending. But we do. We have an outdoor movie coming up October 27th. We're going to do a trunk or treat um, for the kiddos costume contest. And yes, like you said, it's Hocus Pocus, one of our fan favorites. So if you are somebody that wants to, you know, hit up a free event, do something fun with the kids in the evening, head out to the airport um, and you can sign up on Eventbrite um, through our and or through our social media pages. So what about the this master plan that you guys are uh, still working on? Yeah, so we just had the last master plan kind of open house where the public can kind of come in and give our um, feedback on what the what's happening. So we're just wrapping that up. Um, it is on our website as well. We've kind of published some stuff on social, um, but this really just kind of lays out like what are what we're doing over the next however many years. What sort of construction we might see? Yeah, what airport. kind of construction? What we're learning based on you know aviation needs in the community. Um, so it is really a community type project. So excited to get that uh, wrapped up. You know, when you come back next month, we'll need an update. Uh, you've got a road project. Well, maybe you better go over that really fast here. Okay, really yeah. fast. If you are traveling out to the airport, we're doing some repavement project, um, kind of the loop that goes around the airport. So you still get through. It just goes down to one lane because we're repaving everything. So just maybe allow for some extra time if it's busy um, because we do go down to one lane. So it's just kind of good for passengers or if you're picking somebody up from the airport to know that we're we're definitely under construction out there. (laughs) And we have to run to a break. So next time you come, let's do uh, talk to us about the open buildings that you have vacant at the airport. We have a shortage of of buildings available. So it'll be good for businesses to know that. Thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. This is Robin and Dave. We'll be back after this. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Our unemployment in Nebraska is at a record 2%. The nation, 3.8%. 21,140 people in Nebraska are unemployed. But there are 35,590 job openings and two-thirds of the jobs that are currently being advertised are for the nursing profession. This segment is possible today because of Service Master Professional Building Maintenance and Trans World Business Advisors. In the studio with us, we have Dr. Eric Thompson from University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Business. And some of those numbers that Robin just mentioned, Friday, uh, there was a bunch of uh, statistics that came out. And I was going to ask you a little bit about that before we talk about your normal sure. survey. Uh, jobs report came out uh, for the national jobs report. Uh, what uh, what can you tell our listeners? Well, uh, the job report was pretty robust, uh, higher than expected job growth. Uh, actually, over three hundred thousand jobs last month. So that uh, it's some you know that's somewhat challenging, especially for investors or people who. Uh, are affected by higher interest rates. Uh, the strong jobs rate report like that suggests that the interest rates will need to be held at higher levels or perhaps raised further here in the, the coming six months, coming year. So that'll be challenging. On the other hand, it says some good things about the economy. Uh, we saw a, a large increase in jobs, an increase in the unemployment rate, 
and lower wage growth, which suggests that what might be happening here is a fast expansion of the labor market, the supply of workers. Uh, that may reflect people finally starting to come back to the labor market. And also uh, with COVID other over and other policy changes, I think we might be getting back to more of a normal in-migration rate, which is one of the ways we grow our labor force. So, uh, you know, there's good things and bad things about it. Yeah, it, it was kind of kind of mixed from a from a macroeconomic perspective. The thing I thought that was interesting was I believe that wage growth was like 0.2 percent. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, annualized, uh, obviously, that'd be 2.4 percent. That's that's more manageable than some of the numbers we've seen than in the past. Seven percent, which yeah. is what we had a couple of years ago. It, it, Exactly. So lower wage growth like that won't necessarily uh, contribute to inflation as much as some of the sharp increases we've seen. But it's just one month and that that number sure can bounce around. So uh, we need to stay tuned. Stay tuned. I like that. Well, what about Nebraska? uh, Well, things are are, just here. Things are going well in Nebraska. Um, Now, we our leading indicator that we do is is uh, designed to talk about the future. What, what's what might happen six months in the future? So we're really we're really thinking more about the first quarter next year, mm-hmm. and uh, things may be strong now, but who knows what they'll look like then? So uh, there's some evidence from our leading indicator that we might see a slowdown in things like job growth and so forth at the beginning of next year. So our leading indicator was down uh, in in the most recent month, uh, not not a drop off a cliff, but a 0.93 percent decline. Um, we had a decline in manufacturing hours worked. We had a decline in uh, airline passenger counts. So some of the real, real broad indicators of the economy uh, were down that that month. Um, we saw a tick, an, an up, increase in initial claims for unemployment insurance here in Nebraska, and the value of the dollar went up, which is challenging for our people in agriculture and manufacturing. So. Uh, the interest rates have been up quite a bit the last year or so. Um, that is expected to slow the economy, but it happens with a lag. So it could be that uh, despite the strength we have right now, things will cool off uh, next year. It uh, doesn't mean we'll have a recession, but certainly could grow a lot slower and the, the risk is still elevated that there could be a recession coming. Um, or we may continue to see this surge in the growth of the labor force and maybe we'll keep growing like we have. So uh, that's possible too. Have you seen uh, uh, a contrast between the urban and rural areas? I ask this question periodically from whenever you're on with us because it just seems like, you know, Lincoln and Omaha and the I-80 corridor is a little different than than some other parts of the state. It is. I mean, if you're going to look at population growth, the the I-80 corridor – uh, and, and it can go all the way up into Columbus, even though that's not on I-80. You tend to see good job uh, population growth in those areas. Um, but I think in a period like this where agriculture is doing relatively well, uh, setting aside population growth, just the people we have, how are they doing, it's pretty even in the state right now. And the key to that is always if ag is doing okay, then non-metro Nebraska can do okay too. It right. helps metro Nebraska as well. Well, thanks so much for coming in and sharing both your thoughts on the national and then the state economy, because it's somewhat the same, but not 
the same. Not exactly. That's not right. not exactly the same. <laughs> Doesn't always line up. Um, before we go out here, I want to share a couple news bits of things sure. that are happening around Lincoln, Nebraska, because we promised our listeners we would have news bits in every single segment today. Um, Kung Fu Tea and TKK Fried Chicken are finally open down at 2755 Jamie Lane, which is across the street from the Walmart on South 27th Street. It is a national chain based out of Queens, New York City. And on their menu, they have classic tea, bubble teas brewed with real tea leaves, espressos, and fried chicken, because that's what you want with your tea. <laughs> um, and the staff, by the way, they call them, instead of calling them like servers, they call them kung fu masters. Well, of course they do. Why not? Why not? Well, not too far from there at 7129 uh, South 20. 20- 9th Street, which is just to the south of Starbucks uh, on 29th and Pine Lake. Intermix uh, is doing an interior alteration, and they're a dance studio. Fairly small one, though, Robin, $30,000. This has been Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers and also Dr. Eric Thompson with you this segment. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. One out of five of those who are unemployed in Nebraska are receiving state benefits. That's about 4,200 people. This means that 80% of our unemployed are not on welfare. Presumably, they don't need the extra income or they are retired. However, the one sector in our state and nationally where participation in the workforce is not as high as it used to be is teenagers. And I thought that was interesting, Robin. Yeah, but remember what they're paying lifeguards this past summer? Yeah. Ooh. This segment is possible today because of Lincoln Airport Authority, Charter Title, and Nebraska Prep Equipment. And speaking of uh, people who are retired and are not available to fill a state workforce, we have Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concept, and he's going to be talking about the top seven retirement concerns you should prepare for. And some of these we've talked about on the show before, but it's always good to mention them again. So um, since seven is a lot, let's jump right into it, Roger. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, Thanks for having me, Robin and Dave. Uh, You're exactly right. We have mentioned some of these uh, previously. So the first one is health care. According to a research firm from Fidelity, an individual age 65 in 2023 could need roughly $157,000 saved after taxes to pay for health care. And now if you're married, you're going to need about $315,000. But if you're fortunate to have a HSA account, health savings account, through work or through individual you might be able to save enough in there through the years to cover some of those expenses. 157500 to $315,000 after tax. Hmm. Man, that's, that, that's a lot of money, Roger. It, it is a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot more than what I was expecting as well when I was yeah. reading through that, for sure. Uh, you know, the next concern is saving enough money. I think this is a big issue for a lot of people, but there was a recent survey of 500 households, and those investors believed you would need between $3 million and $5 million to retire comfortably. I th- I, don't you think most people hear this and, and they just say, well, there goes. I guess I'm just going to have to keep working later in life. But you have talked about sometimes you get sick 
or disabled yeah and during retirement and you can't keep doing that yeah i think you're right uh, you know for for most people i think that number is pretty high uh it's certainly unachievable uh for some but others it's not but if you do get hurt early or if you get a sickness and you have to retire early that could be uh, an issue you know your retirement and your enjoyment of retirement is affected by how much you save so we really encourage people to save as much as you can uh moving on the next one is debt i encourage all of my clients to go into retire retirement debt free if possible that may not be the case for everyone, but if you can plan ahead and you can be at least uh, limited on the debts or no debt, that would be even better. I really believe that it makes your retirement much easier. Uh, you know, people are are healthier these days. And, I, and recently, uh, Alice Dittman from Cornhusker Bank, who is a trailblazer, by the way, who who I had met several times, uh, you know, she lived to be 92 now, I just don't know that uh, she was de necessarily dependent upon Social Security knowing who she was, but that does, you know, create a change in some of these actuarial tables that are happening. And people it need does. to think about this, that they might be living longer yeah. than what was originally anticipated. Yeah, I think that's a big one. A lot of a lot of people are scared because they're going to outlive their money. Um you do tend to spend more in the early part of the retirement enjoying all of the things that you didn't do while you're working. That could be international traveling, spending more time with family and grandkids and, and those types of things. So a retirement budget is a must. Uh, I think it's super important that you plan your monthly and your annual expenses and live by that plan. And even though you're maybe working still, a budget is also important too. So if you don't do a budget while you're working, I would encourage you to do that too. I've heard some people making calculations about why they might as well take Social Security earlier than 70 or even earlier than 65. And I think for some of them, it's maybe it's because of the income bracket that they're in. And they think that that difference is minor and they can work part time yeah. and sort of juggle. Yeah, I've had clients ask that same question through the years. And, you know, the question is, is when do you draw when should Social you Security? Do it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the great debate. Uh, if you take Social Security at 62, uh, you're going to give up roughly a third of your full benefit. If you wait until age 70, on the other hand, you'll get the maximum benefit. Certainly, the answer is different for everyone. One of the things we mentioned earlier uh, when we were visiting was health care. It may come into play. Life longevity may be a question, or maybe you just don't want to give up work yet. Maybe you want to continue to work because you love your job. You know, the closer to retirement you get, the less risk most people want to take. But isn't it still important, you know, to kind of look at this a little bit, you know, regarding, you know, if if there's a downturn in the economy and whatnot? Yeah, I think uh, allocating your retirement assets is certainly right up there as one of the major concerns. Um you know, do you buy low? Do you do you sell high? Uh, I think those are some of the things you might consider. But if you are looking at your retirement assets, uh, you know, most people look at it when they get closer to retirement. You may want to reduce your risk. Maybe you don't want as much risk in the markets. But keeping up with inflation or offsetting your withdrawals with growth could also be a concern. With high inflation that we've been going through over the last couple of years, uh, it's important to have enough assets to be able to uh, continue that retirement spending. 
So finding the right mix of investments is where I think a financial professional can lead their or lend their ex- expertise. Reach out to them, uh, ask those questions, make sure that you're in the right investment mix for your situation. Uh, the bottom line after discussing all of these today is saving early and often will allow your nest egg to grow over time. The more save, the more that you save, the less risk you'll have to take while you're in retirement. And I want to repeat that. The more you save, the less risk you will have to take while in retirement. So it also will make your retirement much more jo- enjoyable. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through Bertha Fisher and Company Financial Services, Inc., BFS, BFCFS, member FINRA SIPC, investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. I am a client of Roger, and I am not being compensated. Before we go out of this segment, Dave, we've got a couple news bits here down in South Lincoln, some things opening, closing, and moving around. Well, why don't you uh, uh, tell everyone about our fan, Allison. Allison messaged us at the show and noted that the former Gap store at South Point Mall now has signs stating that J. Crew is coming to this location. So that would be north of Sarder Heyman Jewelry yeah. in the, the building north of them. That's interesting. Uh, at 3900 Yankee Hill, which is basically 40th and Yankee Hill, and this would be the strip center by Target, uh, High Society Cheesecake pulled a building permit. So they must be moving in there. $38,000 worth of building permit for cheesecake. For cheesecake. That's a lot of cheesecake. <laughs> mm, yum, love it. When we come back on this show, we're going to be talking about apprenticeships and trade schools, options for your kid that doesn't want to work behind a desk. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Robin Eshleman of Eshleman Commercial Real Estate here and Dave Albers of the Albers Company. And this segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor, Evnen, Wolf, and Tannehill Law Firm. And speaking of John Henry's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical, we have Brian in who does the hiring for the company. And we wanted to ask him what it's like to be trying to hire in today's labor force and where the students get their education. Welcome to the show, Brian. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here, guys. Appreciate it. Well, and you guys offer solutions for people who can't stand the idea of a desk job. It isn't for everyone. Oh, that's definitely. And so they need to come. People that love to be busy and love to be moving around might want to think about this. And you guys have recently added electrical. So... Explain that difference between jobs that are apprenticeship versus what jobs you have right now that you're, op- you know, that are open that you're requiring trade school or college for. Absolutely. So, ten years ago, John Henry started an apprentice program where we really don't need you to go to college. We'll train you in house, um, but we really push for the education for HVAC, mm-hmm. going to that two year degree with electrical too. Got it. But if you don't have it, we will train you in house. We have a four year oh. apprentice program. Um, that takes place for, we just started up with the HVAC one, but we have it for plumbing and electrical. So they go through it. We do a lot of hands-on training, a lot of classing classes, and a lot of school stuff with the kids. Um, but we also are looking for kids right out of the college from SCC to Milford to Lincoln. 
Um, we do love to hire those kids. Um, we are on a program where we do, if we hire you and you're on for a certain amount of time, we'll pay for your college as long as you're on there. So um, we are looking actively for those kids. Um, it's really hard right now. We're open to hire, I think, six more apprentices on the plumbing and or three more from the plumbing and then three more on the HVAC and then two more on the electrical side. So we're open. We're looking for that kind of stuff and, and excited to hire right now. If you didn't hear that, he said the words, we will pay for their college. I did hear that, Robin. Plus, I uh, also heard him say that you guys do hire uh, people from uh, Southeast Community College. Do any of your positions require a, a four-year degree or a bachelor's degree that you would normally get from, say, the university or, or, or that type of uh, institution? They do not require a degree. So what happens is they go through the apprentice program, and then after four years, they can go get their license, their journeyman license for plumbing, HVAC, and electrical. So do they need a degree to get hired on at John Henry's? Absolutely not. Do we encourage it and look for it? Yes, we do. It's a, it's a big part, especially HVAC. There's a lot of technical skills that it's good to go to the college. Electrical, too. There's a lot of technical skills that they can see. And plumbing there is, too. But we've learned that we can take a, somebody off the street and train them in four to five years on how to do service plumbing to construction plumbing. So, no, we don't. you don't have to, but we highly encourage it. Is it competitive among the students to get jobs with you, or is there a shortage of students for these jobs right now? So there is a shortage. It depend of, on what it is. Yeah. So really, like, you know, SEC just started in Milford, the plumbing one, two years ago. So that one's just kind of taken off the ground. So what we've actually learned is we're reaching outside of even Nebraska. We're going to wow. Beloit, Kansas, to that colleges up there. We've got some um, apprentices from there. Just because there is, there's such a high demand for plumbing, HVAC, and electrical throughout Nebraska, so there's a shortage for anybody looking for them. So we've really leaned on the apprentice program, and we've leaned outside. We go to Hastings, too. They have a college up there. So we're, we're looking all over right now for, for kids to come into the trades. So do you have uh, any women in these jobs out in the field doing installation and repairs? John Henry's does not. There are some companies that do, and we are actively seeking to get a, a female in the trades they're just yeah. they're hard to find but we would love to have one right now um we've had some applications come through and then it just didn't work out but we would love to get a female in the trades what would surprise people about pay and benefits that are offered for some of your jobs yeah so you know the traditional look at plumbing and heating is that the benefits are horrible right so we have employee paid health insurance um we have a 401k match we have uh, long-term and short-term disability uh, we also have up to three weeks vacation time after here so many years. And then we have an aggressive pay scholar. I mean, we, I'm, hap I'm, I'm confident to say we have the top paying plumbers in Lincoln right now. So, and HVAC techs, we, we pay aggressively and we love paying that. Well, good stuff from uh, John Henry's uh, plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. This was Brian. Um, and you heard what he said, pay for your college. Yeah. And you know, I know they pay well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you can support a family on what John Henry's offers. Yeah. So good stuff, Brian. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Before we go out of this segment, we have got some news for you about businesses opening, closing, and moving around Lincoln, Dave. Yes, we do, Robin. Uh, at 40th and Yankee Hill, uh, there's a canopy that was up there for CHI. They're doing drive-through vaccinations, and I believe I even saw a 
commercial or segment talking about them starting those up. Oh, are they ready to do it? Because it's like brand new. They've been yes. building it. It's a brand new medical, a whole new medical building. Like they got like everything out there. Doctors and chiropractors. I don't know. Well, maybe not chiropractors. Probably but they've not. got Yeah, they've just got a lot of the physical therapy and all sorts of things out there. And then just right down from that, like maybe about eight, less than eight blocks away, there's a Casey's gas going in. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to see, but the building, the building's up. And when you say down from that, you're talking to the east to of that. To the east, yeah. right. Yeah, just, yeah. or in other words, you know, down Dramamine Hill Road <laughs> and amidst the roundabouts. And, there you yeah, go. Just the go beginning in, go, of the roundabout. Go in circles and you'll find it. So coming up next, um, more business interviews from business owners in Lincoln, Nebraska. This city is my city. And I love it, yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here, I got it made And if I have my way, I'm gonna stay. Ever be it's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to Grow Lincoln with Robin Eshelman and Dave Alpers. This segment is possible today because of Realtors Association of Lincoln. Sarder Heyman Jewelers and Lincoln Electric System. News about Lincoln growth in every segment. Wonderview School is moving hopefully October 23 um, to a new building at the Trade Center. They offer K through 12 classical curriculum, pedagogy, and even Latin. Um, and then down at 33rd and Pioneer Boulevard, if you have seen something going on where that wash and roll car washes they've been moving a roof out of there so yeah. pe people driving by curious about like what yeah. is happening to that well, are they tearing it down i said no I, no I, it's just a roof it's just a roof change i don't know that they've done it yet but they just pulled their building permit for it and that's an old style mansard roof robin so i think a lot of people will want to modernize well let's talk about selling nebraska around the world we have nate Bloom from Sorghum United, and he just got back from India, Taiwan, Cambodia, Singapore, Senegal, Africa, and he was selling sorghum and millets while he was gone, and this was like a lot of the summer. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Robin and Dave. It's great to be back home and great to see you guys again. I, I'm one of your Facebook followers, and the first question I wanted to ask you is, what is this about climate smart sorghum liquor? Oh my goodness! Anything you do with, with sorghum liquor, anything you do with sorghum is technically climate smart because of the environmental. Like, were you out selling down. sorghum liquor? Well, to be Taiwan. fair, to be fair, I don't actually sell anything. What I do is connect and help build networks with folks who are I selling know. those things. I, but, I know. But the most widely used uh, product for sorghum in the world is actually a product called Baijiu. It's a cultural touchstone in China, and it's the most widely drank spirit in the world that you've never heard of. Now, you can get it in the old Toys R Us building uh, where the that new liquor really? store is. They, have they two, sell it? They have two different brands that they've they've uh, started to bring in. It's an acquired taste for sure, but uh, it's uh, it's the most wide uh, most widely used product uh, involving sorghum. Well, talk about uh, sorghum. What do you think are the biggest markets for for you know sorghum 
with our farmers in Nebraska. Well, we're building that. Right now, the biggest market for sorghum is uh, going to China. 93% of U.S. supply of sorghum goes to China, and that's, uh, frankly, a disadvantage for Nebraska farmers because we have to deal with transportation costs, right? So our farmers are never going to get that premium like they do maybe when they're more proximate to the ports. Um, Otherwise, uh, it's really pet food in particular is the fastest growing market in the U.S., but we're seeing more and more uh, products for human consumption as well. And I've got a couple projects in the works. Uh, Hopefully we can announce in a couple of months, but I can't say anything yet. We're working on bringing value-added markets to Nebraska, not only for our farmers, but for entrepreneurs and for job creators as well. Um, When you were out developing markets, and and you were developing markets specifically for the sorghum, right? Well, sorghum and millets. Was it and millets, but it wasn't all the pet food and all those other things? No, 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 no. It's, uh, you know, again, what we're trying to do is raise awareness through education and entrepreneurialism and advocacy for sorghum and millets and why those grains and not other grains. Well, it's really simple. We love corn and wheat and soybeans, but everybody already knows what those are. So they don't need the uh, direct advocacy like we have for sorghum and millets. And our international coalition, uh, again, more than 100 stakeholders on every continent, uh, we're doing a really good job telling that story. And those countries that you went to, there's stereotypes about them. Like, did you get sick from the water while you were out there in (laughs) in those countries? Yeah, there are perception issues. You know, in West Africa, uh, one thing I learned, uh, my host there told me a a phrase right off the airplane, and it was, welcome to Africa, a challenge in every step. Um, So there are definitely challenges in Senegal and in West Africa, as you can imagine. Um, And maybe some of those perceptions are rooted in truth. In India and Asia, though, uh, I I would challenge people on those. Uh, The India of 10 years ago is a lot different than the India of today. Really, The Modi government has done a great job cleaning up a lot of the uh, the trash and things like that, trying to root out corruption. And frankly, the country economically is ascendant. uh, 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 There's a lot of optimism amongst young people and a lot of tech companies and a lot of businesses uh, I got to tell you, it was a great uh, education to be in India. So a higher standard of cleanliness. Well, they're getting there. They're getting there. There's still pockets than right? what it, than what it used to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, 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 they're still probably pockets. not quite like Singapore. Oh, Singapore was, uh, uh, you didn't dare litter in Singapore. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Get your hands chopped off if you did that. Well, caned anyway. Yeah. You recall there yeah. was a kid in the 90s that spray yeah. painted a car and he got caned. Yeah. Rightly so, I think. <laughs> Is climate change uh, controversial to those populations, or do they accept it in those areas? Or what's their perspective? And I know that, you know, the stuff, the grain sorghums and whatnot are are, kind of helpful for the climate change situation. Yeah, well, let's let's start with why sorghum and millets are helpful for climate change. We use a third of the water. Uh, we have a larger root biomass, so we use uh, we actually sequester more carbon and bury it deeper and longer. That's according to research by Texas A and M, and frankly, it's drought tolerant. Um, so you're asking the question of whether or not climate change is real for them. You know, listen, these some of these places they're they're living it. Well, and frankly, we're living it here too. We're just seeing more mild, uh, you know, applications of it, I suppose. Uh, but we are definitely drier here, even in Nebraska. But the Mediterranean Basin, um, India, in fact, part of the reason India is pushing the International Year of Millets is because, uh, you know, a lot of their, their reliance on wheat and, uh, and rice and corn have failed because of, uh, because of drought in the past few years. And so that's part of the reason why, as a, as a nation, uh, they're shifting towards more sorghum and millets. 
Uh, so yeah, it's absolutely real. This, these are things people are seeing. We're a little insulated from it here, but if we're to be fair, we're actually seeing effects as well. Nate is a photojournalist as well as a sorghum <laughs> promoter, and he's a fun follow to on Facebook. Um, it's pronounced Bloom, but it's spelled B-L-U-M. He has pictures and maps. And before we close, um, you have a Sorgo Squad book for kids to educate children, um, and they sell here in the stores, right? Well, I don't know if they're in the stores yet. They're on Amazon. Uh, but So if you go to Amazon, search Sorgo Squad. That's S-O-R-G-H-O. Or you can go to sorgosquad.com. Uh, this is part of our education and outreach initiative. Uh, we have a, a children's book series. They're comic book, uh, graphic novel style, educational and fun. I describe them as Captain Planet meets Indiana Jones. Uh, the first two books are available both digitally and in print. And the third book I'm anticipating just any day now should be up. The publisher's just finishing it. That's all for Grow Lincoln. Thanks a lot. Send us photos of businesses opening, closing, or relocating via Facebook or Twitter. Mm-hmm.